except for anybody not still cheering for the Cowboys. I'm just kidding. It's all right. Got some good games this afternoon. Everybody's got their favorites. We'll all still be watching. I see some of you guys have got other jerseys on. What's going on? I know you're Cowboys fans. Well, church, it is uh, a privilege, like always, to be together. Um, just thinking a couple weeks ago when Pastor Eddie said this, and I remember him saying how, you know, how much he loves this church, and I was just thinking the same thing this morning, how grateful I am to have this place uh, where I'm so loved and we come together to understand God's word. So thank you for making Grace Bible Church what it is. This last month, we've been focusing on what God equips us to be as his church, how God equips us as his church to uh, live. And so, you know, if you were here in the beginning of the month, we looked at community. How God's intention for every single one of us is that uh, we're not meant to live our spiritual life alone, but we're meant to live it in proximity with others. And really where our spiritual journey begins is, uh, is when we become fully alive, is when we reach that place with Jesus Christ where we acknowledge that he is who he says he is, that he's Lord and Savior, and that he came and he lived a perfect life. And we saw you know, the evidence for that as we were reading the scriptures last Sunday. But he came and he lived a perfect life and he died for me and he died for you. And if we place our trust in him, uh, then our sins are paid for. And we begin this new journey of following him. And we're called to open up ourselves more and more to other believers so that we can uh, grow. Uh, we're gonna grow this morning. We grow on Sundays by opening up his word together, by this space. Um, and as much as for me, this is a conversation, what's missing when we, is, is when, we don't have, when we don't get together in smaller groups is the dialogue and the opening up and the sharing. And so at our church, we really value community by gathering in spaces like this where we can all come together as one, but getting together as well in smaller environments. And so the challenge for us this month that we're still putting out there is if you don't have, uh, we call them community groups, but they're Bible studies, community groups, small groups. If you don't have another place where you're meeting with a smaller group of individuals for our church, you can find out more information about how to get connected either on our website or just talk to somebody, uh, one of the staff, uh, right outside the doors afterwards. And there's different ones for every age group uh, or mixed groups and uh, singles, married, you name it. We have lots of groups where we're getting together to be known by one another. And then Pastor Eddie uh, a few weeks ago, talked about how God has made us to serve. We're made as Christians to live in community and relationships, and we're also made to serve. Jesus said he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And to serve is an attitude of our heart and its actions, and we're meant to serve in every sphere of our life, but we're called specifically as well by God to serve in his church. And what makes a church strong, what makes Grace Bible Church strong, is every one of us serving in some way, using the gifts that we have. And you feel it in our church because somebody's recording this sermon right now so people can watch later. And when you came in, someone greeted you or helped you park and made coffee. And there's hundreds of volunteers in our church that go and teach the kids and love on the kids every single week. And, and it's a place then where we come together as parents and older kids here 
then to hear God's word and kids hear it on their level. And there's so many ways to serve and part of us being the church is a place to serve. And so the challenge again is that every one of us to come to a place in your journey here where you say, put me in, put me in coach, I'll take this spot. And it's a step of faith to say, I'm gonna start exercising some gifts to serve and build up the church. And then the last thing that, well, let me back up. As we're community and as we're serving, you know, the commands of scripture guide that we're living this life in our families, in our workplace, everywhere we go, even in the church, even in these relationships here, to know God and make him known, to be a disciple, to to read his word, to know his word. And so we don't wanna just, you know, have community or serve only when we're together. We wanna be getting to know God in our own home. Uh, We wanna be reading his word and and getting to know them in our own home. And then we wanna be looking for, is it neighbors in our life? Is it coworkers? Is it a family member? Where God is always drawing our heart to someone to love them, to care on them, and to be bold and courageous to share our faith with others. To share our faith, to care for others, and to speak up. I had this cool opportunity this week where uh, we went out to eat, uh, gave my wife a break, took the boys out. They were a little crazy that day. And as we were going out to eat, uh, we've been really monitoring our grocery budget this month. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna use some gift cards. It's gonna work out. And uh, our waiter came up to us and, uh, and she came up, our waitress. And, uh, and before we got the food, we said, you know, we're gonna pray for our meal. Is there any way we can pray for you? And she said all the different things we could pray for her about. And our meal came to an end. And I said, you know, you know how, much, uh, how much is it? And she said, oh, it's been taken care of. And I said, wow, really? And, and I felt so blessed because it was, you know, I was taking the step of faith to go out to eat because we we're really monitoring our, our you know, grocery bill. And, and she said, yeah, uh, my family's sitting right behind you and they, and they paid for it. And so my, honestly, church, my first thought was, it was probably one of you. I was like, oh, somebody wants to bless their pastor. And I was like, I was ready to turn around and be like, who is it, you know? Who is it from Grace Bible Church? And, and I, didn't, I didn't know the couple. And the man got kind of choked up and he looked at me and he said, my daughter's been working here for a year and we've come out two or three times to, you know, to encourage her and eat here. And, uh, and I've ne- I just, I, people don't do that. I never heard somebody ask to, to pray for my, and we were so blessed for you praying for our daughter. We just wanted to bless you. And not enough people are doing that anymore. And we just said, thank you. And of course, my kids stole the show and were giving them fist bumps. And it was a little way of, uh, here I am just trying to, you know, hey, this is not just a transaction where she's gonna give us food. I want to pray and bless this person who's taking care of us. And then look, they turned into a blessing to us. And so we're meant to live as community together, We're meant to serve one another, but also in every sphere of our life, we're meant to be getting to know God's word and bringing God's word into every relationship. Now, what we're gonna talk about today is a a topic that uh, we don't talk about enough in church, and there's reasons why, uh, and that's how do we also, as God's people, honor him with our resources, with our finances. And we don't talk about it often, uh, because it's, and really I'm glad that we are taking some time to talk about it because oftentimes uh, I think we have a concern as a church that if you talk about finance, um, that we're pushing the wrong things because uh, our position 
as a group of followers of Christ is not to worry about finances, really, in our families, in this church family, but to trust God that he's gonna provide for everything. And so what we wanna do today is we wanna take some time to open up the scriptures so that uh, oftentimes you talk about finances and money and it's the wrong teaching or we've heard the wrong teachings or we've heard lies and we wanna say as a church, what does it really look like as a community of people to honor God by being generous givers. And my hope through opening up the scriptures is that we would all love and trust God with our finances. We would all love and trust God with our finances. And so I wanna begin this uh, journey by asking you a question. Right now, and by the way, you know, one of the things we do as a church, if you're new, is we have the opportunity uh, to give to make the ministries of Grace Bible Church possible, to make it possible to have pastors and staff that can leave their careers and focus 100% on building the church, uh, on discipling others and counseling and preaching and teaching God's word and overseeing the ministries and overseeing the buildings that we have and making it possible to, to support missions work. And we about 10% of the funds that come in through all of our giving together, we support missions in Mexico and mission, many missions across Laredo. And then we support all the ministries that our church does and our adult ministries and our youth ministries and our children's ministries. And we, we support this place where we have a place we can come and gather and use as, as a meeting house because it would be kind of hard to meet at one of our houses. All uh, right, and so uh, we all, all these things are possible through giving. And one thing I wanna let you know is there are, uh, there's a team of few people that hold each other accountable and we have standards and practices that you know, keep records of all of our giving together, but uh, you know, less than, people, maybe one hand, maybe barely getting on two hands of people know what any of us give. I, I just wanna say, I don't know what you give to the church. And so I want, to, I want that to be known that, um, you know, what we give is something that is between us and God to build up this church and we care for it and steward it. And the question I want to ask you, though, is right now in your finances, are you joyfully giving to God? Are you joyfully giving to his work through his church in Laredo? And so I want to begin our study of the scriptures to guide this question that we would be joyful givers. And, and if we are giving joyfully, we would increase in our joy. And if not, that we would have the joy that God wants us to have by going to one of my favorite scriptures, which is Proverbs 3, 5, uh, five through 7. And Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path your, straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I don't know if you've ever memorized any scriptures before, but this was one of the first scriptures that I put to memory in my life. Uh, someone shared it with me, a youth leader, when I was in church as a young man, and it really struck me. Okay, in everything, I am to trust God with my heart and not lean on my own understanding. I love to, as we all do, we try to lean on our own understanding. And God has given us a mind and it's valuable, but what he says is most important is to trust him beyond our understanding of things. And then he says, how does that work practically in your life? In every area of your life, 
Acknowledge him and he's gonna make your paths straight. Fear God and turn away from what is evil. So the first thing I wanna say when it comes to you know, our finances, our giving, is that God does not need our money to accomplish. Uh, God does not need our money. God does not want our money. And it's also, let me back up, it's not even our money. Everything in this world is God's. Our life was made by God. Everything that's come into existence is God's. But what we have been given by him to steward, he doesn't need it. He doesn't want it. What the Bible tells us over and over and over is what God wants from Grace Bible Church is he wants every single one of our hearts. He wants our heart. And why do we say, why does, why does he make that point throughout the Bible and in this verse? It's because one of the things that we place our trust in instead of God is our self, our own strength, our own might. You know, um, I feel very comfortable speaking to you guys, uh, but the very first time I was asked to, to preach uh, or speak, it was a very short sermon, was actually in front of 5,000 people. And I was very nervous. I was so nervous, I memorized every single word I was gonna say over and over and over so that I, would, I wouldn't have to think about a single word. I would be able to get up and just, you know, from memory, say every single word. And there was a pastor that was at this gathering of believers and he saw me like reading my notes and reading my notes and reading my notes. And I was trying to be faithful because I, I didn't want to say the wrong thing or mess this opportunity up. And he pulled me aside and he said to me, he goes, you need to put that away and you need to trust God. You need to trust God. And church, uh, I've been given an ability to speak and I can work on this tool. You've been given tools to, to earn a, a living, to do things with our life. But you know what God values most in every area of our life and all the things that we're doing is that first and foremost, we trust him. Not lean on ourselves. And what do we sometimes lean on? Our finances. As long as my bank account is fat, Ooh, okay, this is gonna be okay. I don't got any money. Ooh, right? And what does money do to us? It either creates pride, where sometimes, what does it do when we're not surrendering it to God? It creates pride, where we feel too comfortable because there's lots of money and we think, look at what, look at what I've accomplished, look at what I have. Or it creates other, a bunch of other things that are just not good. Or sometimes we're judgmental of others, judgmental of ourselves, measuring up all these different things. And God is saying, you need to let that go. I am going to take care of you and you need to trust me to bless your life, to use your life. I will financially take care of you. I made you for more than that. I made you for more than that and I can make you a lot happier than money can. And trust me, I just want your heart. That is what God is after. And I love this story in the Bible of the widow, the widow's might that shares this from Jesus' perspective. This is Mark chapter 12, verses 42 through 44. And this is the story that Jesus tells his disciples to illustrate this point. He says, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those that are contributing, contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. 
I was blessed with the opportunity to go to Israel several years ago, and I went, uh, we were told about this antiquity shop where they sold uh, things from the time when Jesus was alive, and, and uh, there was this necklace that had a widow's mite. It had this, this, one of these coins, and I wanted to get my parents something special from this trip I had, and I bought that for my mom, and I bought it for her because I thought, I, I can't think of something in the Bible for me that just demonstrates the humility and the trust in God and the, uh, that God wants us to have more than this story. And I wanted to give that to my mom because that's what, I, not because I wanted to give her some special, I wanted to have her special gift, but the meaning behind it. Hey mom, always put your trust in God because God wants every one of us as men and women to put our trust. And this widow had about one cent to her name. And uh, I've done some research and one cent back in biblical times went further. Uh, I guess inflation just keeps continuing. And you could actually buy a, like a very simple meal back then for about the equivalent of it as a penny today is what she had. So she basically had enough money for her next meal and that is it. And we read this story and God says she loved God so much and wanted to bless his work and, and, and show her love for him. She put it, she put it in the offering box, trusting that God was gonna take care of her next meal. She literally did not know what her next meal would come from. And he demonstrates how she gave so much because she wasn't just giving out of her surplus. She was giving everything she has. And what does this story teach us? That she was expressing trust in God, love for God, and love for her neighbor. And that the means, what we have, and what we give of what we have, and our motive as people, our motive for why we give. This, these are the things that God cares about. It's not about how much, it's not about what, although there is some relevance there, but the biggest thing that God cares about is our motive and our heart and what we give. I remember as a young man, I grew up in Grace Bible Church, and I remember campaigning as a church, we were doing a special fundraiser to move into the building that we used to meet in, which we're still meeting in as our Spanish services. And I remember we were putting together to, to, to begin to say, we wanna build this building. And uh, my dad used to work for corporate Jack in the Box uh, many years ago. And uh, when I was 16, I wasn't very interested in working, but he was interested in me working. And so, you know, I was playing basketball. That's all I really cared about. And he's like, all right, you're gonna start buying some of your basketball shoes and uh, you're gonna start paying for, I'll, I'll let you drive the car, but you're gonna start paying for gas money. And uh, he used his corporate hookups and he got me a job as a cashier at Jack in the Box. It was a, a great starting position. Um, and so I'm joking, cause I, I, I was like, dad, really? But so he, he, he wanted me to work my way up and, and work. And so I started and here I am stressed out trying to make French fries and serve a hundred drinks to you know, football teams when they would come in. And um, I don't know what I was making, but it was not a lot. Um, and, but I remember hearing like you right now, because if you've been to Jace for a while, you've been hearing what God's been doing through our church. I'm hearing the dreams of our church, the hopes of our church, and how our church was reaching people. And I remember thinking as a high schooler, like, I, I wanna be part of that. I wanna be faithful. And we had these little envelopes back then that if you were a, church, a member in the church, everybody got, because nothing was online back then. So it was a little box you got. It had 52 envelopes for the year. And, and it was an opportunity, you know, to give each week, you know, uh, the offering that you could give. And I remember I set aside in the beginning, I started setting aside 10%, you know, my, you know, to God. And I was going to give to him. And then, and then I was realizing that, you know, I wasn't making a lot, 
Um, but it, what I was making was paying for my basketball shoes, was paying for my gas, it was paying for my going out money with my friends. And, uh, and I was like, I wanna I want start giving 20%. I wanna start giving 20%. And I had so much joy as a teenager. And if you think about it, I, I don't know what I was making, what, what I was giving. I mean, $10, $20, I don't know. I don't think that we moved into the building financially because they were like, we needed 10 more dollars, church, and it just came in. Let's do this, right? <laughs> it's not the point. It was that... God had my heart, and I, and and that's all. And, and God was going to provide for what he, he He wanted for His people, and He got us to that finish line to be able to move in because He was taking care of all of it. But He wants everybody's heart in the game, and that story illustrates that and teaches that. Uh, God also wants us to put Him first. I want to read this verse from Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. This is just a couple verses later than that earlier passage in Proverbs 5. So we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, acknowledge him in all of our ways. And what does he say in Proverbs 3, 9? He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The passage there says, honor God with your wealth and the first fruits of everything. God wants us not just to love him with our heart. God all wants us to put him first. And he was saying to them, if you put me first, this is a way financially that you can acknowledge that I am your provider and that what you love in this life is not yourself and your comfort, but my kingdom and my changing of you and my working in this world. And if you put me first with the first fruits of what I bless you with, don't worry, I'm going to take care of everything. Now, many churches misteach what comes next in this passage where it says that, you know, your vats will be bursting with wine if you do this. There is a principle in the Bible that says that whoever wants to, uh, whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. And so certainly the Bible teaches that if we are generous people, we will reap generous blessings for being generous. But many churches turn this all into money and say, well, all right, you know, it's kind of like you're gonna give money to get more money. Just pause and think about that thought for a second. Does that really line up against the heart of God in scripture? Does, does God want a relationship between us and him when we're trying to manipulate him? God, look how much I gave uh, to your work in this world. So, all right, you know, like, uh, make me rich. God promises to make us rich in all ways and care for us in all ways, whatever is best for us. And what he really wants us to care about is just loving him. Think about it like our kids. Would, you, would, would we as parents want our kids trying to manipulate us, trying to get something? Or we just want our kids to tell us their heartfelt desires. And so God is saying, hey, if you are generous, you will be blessed. Don't worry about it. But put me first. Uh, you know, when I, when I think about this example, uh, I want to read another illustration that comes from the Old Testament in Malachi 3.10. And Malachi 3.10 says this. This was a story of Israel not honoring God in this way. And he says to the people, he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby my people put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. 
The people, uh, just like we have a tendency not to trust God, the people were also, we have a tendency to be selfish and the people were being selfish and God was saying to his people through his, uh, through his uh, priest and the Levites at that time, you know, put God first again in your finances. And, and, and you can imagine, they weren't doing it in their finances, they probably weren't doing it in other areas of their life. And he's saying, give me your heart again, put me first and see that I will bless you. I will take care of you. Put me to the test and see that when you honor me in your finances, I'm going to bless you and take care of you. You know, um, I think we can get a little legalistic about this word tithe in the Old Testament. Uh, when you do the research, uh, all these tithes they gave actually came out to 23%. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise hands, but how many of us are giving like 23% uh, from the beginning of our income to the Lord? I, I bet it is very few. And that is a very high standard. Uh, but the standard that I've tried to put in place in my life is I've tried to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 10%. I'm going to do 10%. And because uh, there was other offerings, there was a tithe for this and a tithe for this, and you added it up when you see all the offerings in the Old Testament, it came out to over 20%. I've tried to just put the standard in my life to say, I'm gonna live by faith for God to bless my family and take care of me and trust me by honoring him and giving to him the first 10% of what comes into our family. And, but I also wanna say that I don't want you to, in church to ever feel anxiety about that or judgment. Because again, God is after our heart. But I will challenge that, you know, on one side, we should not get legalistic about this in church. I'd say it's been a good guide for my family. But at the other time, like, I don't think that we are quite living by faith or loving God by saying, all right, God, I'm gonna give 1%. The first 1% of everything that comes in, I'm generously giving to you. That's, I mean, that's obviously not trusting God and being generous. A, an illustration or a story that I would give you is, you know, when I met my wife pretty early on, I knew that I wanted to marry her, uh, but we dated for a while, and then the time came when I knew I was gonna ask the question, and I went and got her a ring. And as I went to get her a ring, I, I, I got her a really nice ring. And I thought to myself, I right, like, do I buy us a car? Do I get us a ring? Um, that's a joke. Um, but if you ever try to buy a wedding ring, you know what I'm talking about. And, and guys, I got her the nicest ring I could think of that she was gonna love. And, and you know what was cool? When I got down on my knee and I asked her, I know uh, she wasn't focused on the ring. She was in shock, like, oh my gosh, you're asking me, you're asking me. Uh, it took me a while to get an answer because there was so much shock, I got nervous for a second. And she's like, what, what? You know, and then finally I got the yes. She didn't even care. I also didn't care about what I was investing because I was doing this because I wanted her to know, hey, from this day forward, for the rest of our life, I want you to know how I feel about you. And this is just one small way amongst many ways to come that I can show that to you, the treasure that you are to me. I promise you guys, no girl wants a dude reluctantly proposing to them. Like, ah, I don't know if I really want to get a ring. Like, ah because they want our heart. They want us to do it with all our heart. It's the same way with God. Do you think God wants us to like reluctantly be giving to, to, to back to the one who gave us everything? Like, God, I don't really trust you, so I'm gonna hoard this. God, I, I, you know, or I love you, I love you, but I, well, but I don't, like, do you love him? Yes or no, do we love him? If we love him, we love his work in this world. We love building up his church and we put him first. We put him first 
2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. It says, each one of us must give as we have decided in our heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to not, and so church, again, we preach these things to be very clear on it because we believe that the generations to come after us hinge on how we put biblical practices into practice. We are saved by grace and grace alone. But James says that our, our faith in God, this grace we've received without works, without actions, makes us a dead church. And so that's why we challenge at least once a year to say, hey, if you've never joined a group, now's the time. Take that step of faith because we promise you, you are going to grow in your faith if you get in a group because you can start talking in a smaller group about God and being real and asking questions. If you've never served before in official capacity in the church, sign up somewhere because you are gonna have, you're gonna grow in your faith by doing it. And if, and if you've stopped giving or you've never given, give because you're gonna grow in your faith and your love for God. Uh, you know, an illustration I have with this is recently, uh, I don't really think it takes a lot of work, but I've become really good at watching TV. Like I've become pro level. There's so many shows that are coming out and we've got Netflix and this channel and that channel and that. And I've gotten really into a bunch of shows and the next one comes out and I watch it. And, I, and I've, I've, I've been enjoying these shows that I've been watching, but I've also kind of had this like disappointment or guilt where when I'm still up at 1 a.m., I'm like, was this really the best use of my time to finish that season tonight? Or could I have invested it in something a little more meaningful? Maybe not all television and evil is evil, but you get my point. That, you know, there's probably something better that I could have done, including a good night, getting a good night's rest. It's the same with giving. Like some of us are in a practice. We've never really done this practice before. And we're living. You're living. But church, if we're not putting these practices into life, we're not fully alive the way God wants us to be. Taking that step of faith. Whew, I'm running out of time. But we have three more hours. It's Genesis, uh, Matthew 6, 2 through 4, say this. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret may reward you. God also wants us to give to Him, much more so than we're giving to His work in this world, we are giving to Him. It is not to be recognized, it is not to buy influence, not to buy position, not to be honored. It is simply to say, God, this is for you. And that's another principle that the Bible teaches us with our giving. Last verse. And I wanna share this passage from the Old Testament because it brings so many things together for me. Deuteronomy 15, four through eight. says, but there will be no poor among you for the Lord will bless you in the land your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess. If only you strictly obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandment that I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he promised you and he shall lend and you 
shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And you shall rule over many nations, but they shall not rule over you. If among you, one of your brothers should become poor, if any of the towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. One of the things I love about our church is our benevolence ministry and how we care for one another. And I read this passage because one of the things that's so messed up that we all feel about money in this world today is it's abuse. It's abuse in every level of the world around us, from our federal government to local governments, uh, to businesses and to churches where people don't trust what's happening in the church. And if we're even honest, how, how perfect a steward are you of your own money? There's corruption in how we use our money at every level. Growing up, my family's all from the East Coast. Every summer I'd go into New York City and Times Square just for fun, about the time I was old enough to ride a train there in high school. And there's this, there was this ticker symbol right before you get into Times Square that this last summer I went back and they finally just took it down, it's gone. But it told the national debt in our country. And I always freaked out, you know, looking up being like, all right, that's a lot of trillions of dollars that we're in debt. Do you think that we're honoring God as a country by going further and further and further in debt? And do you know why we go in debt so much as a country and as individuals? It's because we are looking to provide just our wants and for us to be the solution to everything in the world. And what God says is you, you and your own money, you and your own strength, individual church, you're not gonna solve things. You are gonna solve things by getting down on your knees and saying, God, bless my family, bless my hands. Use me to do your will in this world. And it'll start with me and I'm gonna honor you with my finances and I'm gonna do whatever I can and I'm gonna ask you to be the blessing. And we have turned too much to institutions and too much to our government, which our government is meant to do good in this world, but it's trying to solve everything. And the only way to solve the problems we have is to turning to Jesus and honoring him in our life. And so guys, this church, I want you to think as I close, Think about the blessing that our youth ministry is, the hundreds of kids that it is reaching right now. Think about our benevolence ministry as a church and the people that are helping when they are in this situation and they, they need help when that's us in that situation. Think about our kids ministry and the kids that are being raised to know God. And know that when we put God first, first of all, He has our heart. And second of all, we're showing our love for him, but then we're showing our love for his work in this world. And this passage to me, I'll wrap it up by saying what makes it so important to me, I'll be honest with you, is not Grace Bible Church today. Not Grace Bible Church today and not Grace Bible Church. Um, and what we wanna do right now. But I think about the future generations that are gonna come after you. and. No matter where you're at and putting this into practice in your life, I can tell you just my own story. I started understanding these things from a very young age. Why? Because my dad taught me. He sat me down and taught me, the church taught me, and I started putting it into practice. And so maybe my conclusion is a lot for parents out there. Parents, are you sacrificially prioritizing the first portions of your first fruits to build up God's kingdom in this city?
because I can guarantee you it is way less likely that your kids will do that one day. And, you're, and what do we love more than God, less? What do we love most in this world besides God? Our kids. What do we want to leave for them in this world? The biggest blessing. How do we leave this world the best place? By honoring God in every area of our life, including our finances. And so I want to challenge all of you. Now is a great time to start sacrificially prioritizing God in your finances. Would you pray with me, church? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that guides us in all things. Money can be such a thing we shy away from in church. What I love about this church is I feel like we're doing it right. God, we love you. We want your blessing on our lives and we want your blessing on this church and more importantly in this church, we want your blessing on this city and we want your blessing on the generations to come in this city. Help us to take courageous steps this, this semester together in our finances, in our giving, in our serving, and our being in community with one another. We pray all these things in your name and everybody at Grace said, amen. Thank you, church. Love you guys.